You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408, or get us on youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago here in Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-host Mark Teresi, executive director of the cathedral. Mark, how are you this morning? Good, Good morning. morning. I'm doing very, very well. How was your weekend? It was very good. Our son, his wife, and little one moved into Park Ridge. And what I learned was I can't do it anymore. I can't be lifting and running. My wife was like, for she could go a mile a minute. I pooped out about half, halfway through the day. I, I ran for lunch. I got the lunch. And <laughs> <laughs> you know, isn't it funny? All of a sudden, you make that move 15, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, not a problem. And all of a sudden, your 60s to help your son and his wife move. It's like I can't do this. Yeah, y- y- yeah. You just the body's the mind saying yes, and the body's saying wait a minute. You know, my my niece got married, <coughs> uh, Michelle, my my sister Pam's daughter, mm-hmm. and Pam all the stuff Pam did for the wedding. She said I can't do this anymore. She said she was working a mile a minute, getting this, getting flowers, getting this. She says it's really hard, and you don't realize what it does to the body. Right, you really do, and uh, now I look and think winter's coming, which means we're going to probably be everybody's going to be hibernating. You can't be running around as much as as you did in the nice weather, and I think whoa, it makes I, a big difference. And by the way, fifty eight years ago today, November twenty second, oh, nineteen sixty three, yeah. the death of John F. Kennedy, the assassination. Yes, it affect. Where were you that day? Um, what grade? I want to say I was in second grade. I think you would have been in third grade. Wait. I was in fifth grade. Maybe I was so held back. Maybe you were held back a couple of years. Maybe, <laughs> you maybe were you double were, promoted. Maybe you were in kindergarten. <laughs> no, I was in uh, fifth grade at Mary Seat of Wisdom, I, and the principal, the sister came on the loudspeaker and said, the president has just been shot. Please keep in prayer. Right. Then we broke for lunch. She came on the speaker right after lunch and said, of President Kennedy has died. I remember coming home and my mom sobbing. Yeah, just sobbing. My mother was crying too. Yeah. And then remember, I was remember what I was watching with my father that Sunday morning television as uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald was being moved from the jail uh-huh. cell, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ruby comes, shoots him on live television. Right. Absolute chaos on TV. And I thought it was like, is this really happening? I said to my dad, he said, yeah, he's just been shot. And, of course, Monday we had no school because the uh, the Kennedy's funeral. funeral you know, I always remember the um, 
moving down the main street with the horse carriage and the casket and into the cathedral. And little John John saluting, saluting his dad. Saluting his dad. And uh, that would be 58 years ago today. It was a Friday. Don't you wonder Friday. where the time goes? Oh, my gosh. I mean, we blink. We That's, blink, and it's 58 I years I was late. 10. You would have been 8. Mm-hmm. You know, and how quickly the years have gone by. So anybody old enough to remember. You know, there are certain events in our lives. The 9-11, mm-hmm. JFK, you remember exactly where you were at that moment. And, and that's etched into our minds. So it... Uh, Ours at Mudline in 9-11 were in the office up there. And Mudline was about an hour away from home. What do you do? Where do you go? Where do you go? Exactly, where do you go? But I think we are ready to have our program this morning. We have with us on our screen and also on radio, Dr. Edward Gordon. There he is. Writer, author, producer, actor, (laughs) (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. (laughs) And uh, Dr. Edward Gordon, good morning. Welcome to you. Well, uh, you can see we have a technology problem today. I have to talk to you over the phone. Well, we've adjusted. We've adjusted. Would you look handsome as ever, phone or no (laughs) phone? And how is Elaine doing, your beautiful wife? Well, she's sitting here hopefully hopefully all the technology works for this whole broadcast, right? (laughs) Now, when Father Greg said actor, was he just adding Uh, things in? No, I'm not an actor. I've never acted. (laughs) Sorry. I wasn't sure. (laughs) However, guys, make sure you speak up into those microphones because you're coming across very faintly on my phone. Oh, really? Yes. Well, so speak up. Okay, we'll do that, Edward. And by the so, how's the thing? Fine, fine. You have been on this program many times. We've been talking about COVID nineteen. Right. The very first time we met a year ago, March, we asked you if this were a ball game. What inning? You had said at that point in the top of the third. As we gather here this morning in November of 2021, Edward, what inning of a ball game are we in regarding the COVID pandemic? Well, folks, I have good news and I have bad news. Hmm. We're in the top of the ninth, but we're going to go extra innings oh. in this ball game. Interesting. Okay. Now, All say right. more. Say more about that. All right. Let's go into it. Right now, the uh, daily rate of infection in the city is about 19%, 19.5, and Cook County 24, and Illinois 32. So the infection rate in the city of Chicago is very low, and that's, that's good, very good. So we've made some great progress. Now, at the same time, you have to realize that we've had now 770,000 deaths because of COVID in the United States, which uh, actually, more people have died of COVID this year than happened last year. Wow. Wow. Now, right now, 50,000 people approximately are in hospitals right now fighting for their lives with COVID infections. And many of those are younger people. And worldwide, we've had 5 million deaths. But that's probably a very undercounted number because many uh, countries simply aren't aren't uh, accurately giving numbers yet. Now, 59% of Americans are fully vaccinated right now. Another 17% have gotten their booster shots. 
69% of people 12 years and up have been fully vaccinated. Among the 65-year-olds and up, you have 86% are fully vaccinated. Now, those are all good numbers. However, we got to realize that right now COVID is raging in several states, particularly in the upper Midwest, in Michigan, and in Minnesota. And even though right now we have far fewer cases of COVID, we still have a lot of hospitalizations. Uh, But thus far, the total number of hospitalizations and deaths is not rising. Now, Edward, I have to stop there. Now, why in Michigan mm-hmm. and Minnesota have the numbers spiked so greatly? That's a very good question, and I can't answer that at this point. I can only surmise that uh, people are not wearing masks, uh, that people, the vaccination rates in those states uh, are lower. Uh, also, remember this, uh, if you are older, and you're fully vaccinated, but you have serious other health care conditions like diabetes or uh, heart problems, uh, you are much more susceptible to the infection. With the immunization, that does help. But again, in certain parts of the country, people are ignoring the vaccination, the need for vaccines. They're still saying that this is some sort of a conspiracy between the CDC, the pharmaceutical companies, and they'll drag Dr. Fauci in and say this is some massive conspiracy and the numbers are all fake, people are not dying, uh, and, and you can have natural immunity if you've been sick. Of course, the problem with natural immunity is that the, how much immunity you get for how long varies from person to person. And natural immunity may reduce your risk, but it will not end the risk. Now, Edward, I have to ask you this. When you, talk, when you say the phrase fully vaccinated, does that in your mind include the booster or just the first no, two shots? No, that's just the first. Uh, two that shots. does not include the booster, okay, no. And I think if you have the booster, uh, uh, then uh, that gives you a very high rate of immunity. Now, I had, right. the, I had the booster last Friday. Right. And they got me the, the full amount because over 65 uh, autoimmune deficiencies. And the only side effect I had on Saturday, the arm was sore. Mm-hmm. And again, I had a craving for Purina dog chow. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't well, incur- When I had the... Uh, booster shot. My side effect was the Chinese bought the bears and they moved them to Shanghai. <laughs> uh, you know, let's, let's not get into that whole topic okay. because, right. oh my God, that's a, this, uh, has been, this has been a so great program. Uh, the, the, key, the key for everyone is now to get the booster shot, to get the vaccine, to get the booster shot. This is the plague. Maybe if we had talked about the COVID-19 similar to the plague in medieval Europe that killed half the population. Of course, there were no vaccines back then. They had no other drugs to uh, build up immunity or help people who who get sick. Maybe if we had talked about this uh, in darker terms, more people would have realized. And now, of course, the COVID deniers, 
once they get sick, their family gets sick, their friends get sick, they start dying. Uh, you see them on TV saying, oh, if I'd only known about this, I would have gotten the shot. And the, for the politicians who are railing against people getting the shot and saying there's, uh, it's too dangerous, uh, it's a violation of the Constitution, uh, I, I would say to all of them, uh, well, then, if you really believe that, then let's roll back all of the traffic uh, safety laws, the seatbelt laws, uh, the food uh, laws that protect people against unhealthy food, uh, because those also restrain our freedoms. Uh, this is an international health care disaster, and it's still going on. And because people are not getting vaccinated, it's going to take even longer to end. So next year, you, Father, and uh, Mark and I are probably going to have to get another COVID shot like we get the, vi the uh, shot uh, uh, the flu. for the flu. Uh, because this is going to linger for quite some time now. Now, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a little break? Um, and then when we come back, Edward, I, I want to talk a little bit, get your impression. We're in the ninth inning, you said. What does the ninth inning look like for you? I'm looking at our little granddaughters and realizing they're COVID children. I mean, and, right. and there's some transitions that they're going to have to make, too. Yeah. So why don't we come back, talk about how it's impacting our lives. Um, right. Let's and, talk about Thanksgiving celebration. Exactly. Good. So WNDZ, 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-840. Or you can go to YouTube dot com slash catholic chicago edward gordon is on the phone so if you're on youtube the voice comes before before the moving your mouth so it's like a japanese like a haiku movie or whatever they call it <laughs> a jojitsu movie anyway we'll be back in a few minutes please stay tuned bicycle that's not being used? Consider donating it to Catholic Charities Veterans Bike Project of Lake County. Skilled volunteers are refurbishing bicycles to make them safe and ready to be used by veterans to get to and from their new places of work. We also gratefully accept financial contributions that are used to purchase bike helmets and other safety accessories. Our veterans have faithfully served the United States and now it is our privilege to serve them. For more information on the Veterans Bike Project of Lake County, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. Catholic education offers something other schools don't. When you walk through that door, you are amongst friends. I can confidently say that I look up to everybody at HT, staff, students. There's just something that you can admire in every person here. 
We treat everyone here with the same kind of respect that we would hope that exists in our families. Our curriculum is very rigorous, and we hope to match the academic rigor with our level of academic support. They help us prepare for college. They talk to us about our future and what we want to do. I think it instills a sense of community, which makes me more confident in my work. Through the teachers, through our counselors, through all of our administrators, we are educating not just the mind, but also the heart. I think that distinguishes us from other types of schools. Catholic high schools provide high quality, faith-based education. The journey begins by taking your entrance exam. Register online at the Catholic high school you wish to attend. In recent weeks, many people have reached out to Catholic Charities to ask what we are doing to help our Afghan brothers and sisters. They also ask how they can join us in our work. Current estimates suggest that 50,000 refugees are headed to our shores in the coming weeks. Based on a decade of experience in refugee resettlement, we predict that it will cost $50,000 to resettle a family of four for six months. This includes housing, food, clothing, and other urgent needs as they establish new lives in Chicago. As Jesus tells us, whatsoever you do for the least of my people, that you do unto me. Please assist us as we welcome the first 10 families. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate to our special refugee resettlement appeal or call 312-948-6087. We're back, WNDZ 750 AM, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi here with Father Greg. And we're with Dr. Edward Gordon, professor, scholar, researcher, not an actor. We Historian. Found out our, <laughs> we found out in our first segment. Uh, and just a wonderful, great guy. Exactly. When we took a break... Um, I had mentioned, uh, Ed, Edward, that you had said we're in the ninth inning. And I can see that uh, even in our family. Our little Nellie, who's a year and a half, was very hesitant about being with my wife or with me. She knew us with the mask on. And we had to be distanced. We didn't even get to hold her until she was about two and a half months old. Right. Now she's a year and a half. There have been many more interactions with her. Now she'll come to us. She's, she's like a regular kid having f fun with us like I was used to the, our other granddaughters. But that's, it feels like, that feels like the ninth inning to me. You know, right. But what about you with the ninth inning? Um, how, how, how are you adjusting? How are you seeing that it's the ninth inning for you in your life? Well, because Elaine and 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 me are fully vaccinated you know we've we just came back from california uh where uh things are uh somewhat looser than here mm -hmm. not everyone's wearing masks in stores mm -hmm. uh 
or in church, for that matter. But hmm. the infection rate in the state <clears throat> is lower than it is here. <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> here in uh, Chicago or in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because uh, we are fully vaccinated and we have had the um, booster, uh, we feel, and we don't have any other significant health care issues, uh, we feel uh, safer uh, than we did previously. Uh, in fact, we wouldn't have traveled without the booster shot. And maybe we can relate that now to Thanksgiving. Uh, let me give you some ideas about Thanksgiving travel mm-hmm. as this holiday comes up. First, I'd recommend that if you haven't been vaccinated, you should not travel mm-hmm. because the risk of you infecting others is much higher. That's the first. Number two, get, get the shot. Get the shot as soon as possible. Number three, uh, make sure if you're inviting people to your home, ask them if they have been vaccinated. Ask them if they've had booster shots. If they haven't been vaccinated, discourage them from coming. I agree. Right right along those lines, you know, Edward, I can say I have known families who have fought, will no longer speak to each other. Members of families who have not been invited to weddings because they've not been vaccinated. People not talking to each other because they have not been invited for Thanksgiving. Right. Because those that have not been vaccinated saying to other family members, you can't tell me what to do. This whole thing is overrated. Wearing masks is, quote, stupid is a word I've used or I've, I've heard yes. used yes, toward I me understand. about wh- why wear a mask. And also I'm getting, you said earlier in the program, five million people worldwide have now died from the pandemic. And I'm hearing from the naysayers, those numbers are inflated to work to that side. It can't be more than a million, but the governments or the Dr. Fauci are saying five million as a way to promote their cause. So how do you respond to all that? when someone? I respond to that, that there are over 500 social media sites spewing forth propaganda lies distortions that are based on nothing but either uh, fantasies uh, to sell advertising, uh, bad politics to get people elected, uh, using fear as a way to distort reality. Uh, Again, the five million number is probably too low, not too high. And in the United States, unfortunately, you know, we had, we had excess deaths last year, and many of those deaths probably were COVID-related. Uh, once uh, we have that uh, fully organized, I think the numbers of deaths that we have had thus far in total is well over a million Americans have died. Now, along those lines, Edward, when I have done... COVID-related funerals at the cathedral or former parishes, people have said to me when I said I I did a funeral regarding COVID, they said the person really did not die of COVID, but they're just being told that to jack up the numbers. So I've never seen such incredible 
stubbornness mm-hmm. on those who don't think this take this seriously and regarding wearing masks that I th- people say the masks are the worst thing possible now I understand to wear a mask with the breathing part but I also know that it helps prevent germ spreading and you know it, it's getting to a point now we're now at 20 months a year ago March so this whole thing started so if you would have told me in March of 2020 that in Thanksgiving of 2021 we're still in a pandemic I never would have believed you but c- could we also I, I take that idea and expand it though we're a society of immediate gratification we want a beginning, a middle, and an end to now, this thing. Now, now, Edward, you've talked to us in previous shows about how this, you know, it's not going to end quickly. So can you expand on that a little bit so people understand you're not only saying get the vaccination now and the booster for today. You're saying we might be having another booster. We, uh, you know, th- we want it done because that's the way we do things. Well, it would be as if I said to everyone listening, flu doesn't exist. The flu shots are just a means of the pharmaceuticals and doctors of making money. Don't get flu shots. Mm -hmm. Now, people say, well, that's not the same thing. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. The flu is a form of viral disease like COVID. The, The real issue here to the listeners is truth. What is truth? Those of you that were in church yesterday or watched uh, the Mass on television, uh, that was the center of that gospel. Mm -hmm. Right now, there's a crisis in the world. It's due to a philosophy called postmodernism that basically says there is no truth. There is no revelation. There are no authorities, and you should doubt experts and leaders because they're all a bunch of liars. The only truth is what you personally can see and what you personally can rationalize as being true. So doubt everything else. This has led us to where we are at now. Anarchy, chaos in government, in health care. Go to your local hospital, talk to a nurse or a doctor, ask them if COVID is fake. Mm -hmm. Ask them if there is no crisis. Go to a funeral home and talk to the funeral director. Ask them about it. Talk to people who caught COVID and now are still suffering from it, long-term COVID. Ask them about it. This is real. And you think, you know, know, everything you're saying, Edward, I would totally, totally agree. But now that we've been at this now for 20 months, people who have been against COVID from March of 2020 are still on the very same page 20 months later. They have not moved the needle one spot. So, for example, the worst thing you can do is get into a battle with someone regarding politics, Democrat, Republican, whatever, because... Odds are their position will not be changed. I'm finding the same thing regarding COVID-19. Those from the start who have said this is a hoax, this is, over, this is overreacting, this is not true, the needle has not been moved, including someone I know 
who a member of their family died. Mm. And they still think the whole thing is a hoax because their uncle really didn't die of COVID, but of, the, quote, just pneumonia. But they said COVID, to add to that category, it's unbelievable for those who are against this whole thing, the needle has not moved in their minds. Well, it's, in a way, it's related to the abortion debate. Is it that a child has a right to life or a woman has a right to choose death for a baby? Where this is a right to life issue. If you don't get vaccinated, you unconsciously could kill another person. Now, this is a freedom issue. Yes, you have free will. You have the right to choose not to get vaccinated. You have the right to kill a baby with an abortion. As Catholics, we have an obligation to help protect life of young children unborn and the elderly. The, pe the people who have suffered the most from this have been those over the age of 65. But now we see younger people catching it, as well as long-term COVID occurring and uh, affecting them for how long we don't even know at this point. So this is an issue of truth. Who do you believe? Do you believe yourself, your own selfish interests, because this restricts what you do and it's inconvenient to wear a mask? Or do you believe Dr. Fauci? Do you believe when the priest talks about abortion as a moral evil? And we know now that the life conceived in the womb with a beating heart is a human being with a soul. So this is a, a very important right-to-life issue. Well, let's do this. Let's take a little break. WNDZ 750 AM Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. Or you can go to youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. And when we come back, I would be fascinated to hear uh, maybe from Father Greg and from Edward what would Cardinal Bernadine be saying in terms of the seamless garment uh, uh, document, uh, you know, the, the, his seamless garment, what do they call it? Not a document. It, it's, it, it, it's, it's, uh, his seamless garment, it was, it was a document, correct? Yeah, oh, it is a document. Well, you know, how does that fit in to the whole idea of all life is precious and do people, do we need a change of heart? Let's take a little break. We'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
We are at the Most Blessed Trinity Parish Food Pantry in Waukegan. And here we uh, care for people in need. There was definitely an uptick in the needs for services. We doubled our volume after COVID hit. From servicing about 250 families a week to about 500 a week. We supply bread, tortillas, vegetables, milk, cheese, butter, uh, proteins, fish, chicken, eggs. Well, the annual Catholic Appeal has been a tremendous help to us, especially over the past year and a half. Without the annual Catholic Appeal, we might have to close our doors. Um, our parish is the largest one in the Archdiocese, but it's very poor. We think about food and we think about nourishment, but we also nourish the soul, provide that connection to humanity. The good works here are made possible through the annual Catholic Appeal. Make your gift at annualcatholicappeal.com. The cemetery ministry is a core ministry of our Catholic faith tied to the corporal works of mercy. It's comforting to know that our Catholic cemeteries are caring for the remains of our loved ones awaiting the resurrection. There are 44 Archdiocese of Chicago Catholic cemeteries willing to help you in your time of loss. Call 708-449-6100 or visit catholiccemeterychicago.org. Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Catholic community since 1837. You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago. We're back, WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408, or you can see us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we took the break, I thought when we came back, I was going to ask Father Greg, as we're talking about this issue, uh, vaccination, uh, our response to COVID, um, I was wondering how does this fit into Cardinal Bernadine's seamless garment document. I will answer Frank? first, and that is, yeah. first of all, not only for Cardinal Bernadine, but for Cardinal Subic. Yeah. They would both, Cardinal Subic does say, and Cardinal Bernadine would have said, please get vaccinated. I also want to say, I've received phone calls to the cathedral rectory, people asking for a religious exemption from the COVID shot for religious grounds oh, wow. basis. And both... Pope Francis and Cardinal Supich have made it very clear no priest may give an exemption based on religious grounds because the exact opposite. It would be what I call charity and thinking of your neighbor, just what Edward's talking about, mm -hmm. to be vaccinated. So folks right now, if you're going to call your priest to get a religious exemption from the COVID shot, uh, the vaccination, it's not going to happen because there's nothing in Catholic moral doctrine teaching anywhere that would support do not get vaccinated. So that's right. right up the front. So, And if a priest were to say yes to someone, that's illicit then? Correct, because there's nothing in Catholic teaching that would say, please do not get a COVID shot. Uh, Edward, instead of you answering that question, I want to make sure we have plenty of time for our other topic, because we could spend the full hour on COVID-19. Yes. And we could also spend a full hour on the other topic you want to get to today regarding the labor shortage 
and which I find fascinating because you and I have had many conversations off the air, including at lunch, restaurants who cannot open full term because lack of employees coming to work, other places shutting down, and you've stressed to me with all the writings you have done, which is one of your other major areas of your life work, is the labor force. So let's let's segue into that area. Tell us about this particular topic, about the workforce, labor force, the shortage, and by 2030, we are going to be in big, big trouble in this country. You take it from there. Well, first of all, your viewers should know that I'm a historical labor economist, and for the last at least uh, 10 years and even longer, I've been working and studying the whole issue of how we are critically short skilled workers in many parts of the U.S. economy and how this has gotten far worse over the last 20 years. And COVID has just increased the difficulties. Uh, Right now, we have about 13 million vacant jobs across the United States. Now, let me ask you this real quick. What was it two years ago? about nine million. Wow. Wow. Now, what's driving this are several issues. First, 70 million baby boomers are retiring in this decade. The three of us are in that category. Mm -hmm. Now, some aren't retiring, but many are. Second, the fourth industrial revolution that's going on right now that we're all part of is increasing the requirement of a better basic education coming out of high school, plus special career skills for more and more of the workforce. When I came out of high school, a third of the workforce needed to be skilled, meaning they needed to read at the 12th grade level of comprehension of numbers and letters, Mm. and they were going to need a college degree, apprenticeship, a two-year degree, or a certificate in order to do their job. Those were the skilled workers. Two-thirds of the jobs in 1970 were unskilled. Today, it's flipped. Now, only a third of the jobs are unskilled. Two-thirds are skilled. Half of those jobs I just mentioned to you, the 13 million vacant jobs, Half of those require a certificate, a two-year degree, or apprenticeship, not a four-year degree. However, overall, what's happening now is we need to replace the boomers that are leaving in huge numbers, and a third of those are skilled, and it's a huge number of people quitting. It's historical. It's the greatest number retiring at any time in the history of the U.S., At the same time, the workforce, the number of people entering the workforce is very small. It's only about half of 1%. When the boomers entered, it was 1.5% growth in 1970s and 80s. Now we're down to a 0.5% increase for the rest of this decade. The, uh, The problem, though, is only a third of the young people entering the workforce are skilled. Two-thirds are unskilled, meaning they can read, but it's not at a high enough level of comprehension. They can do math, but their math skills are very weak. Edward, is there any research on 
I don't know how to say it other than um, the the millennial generation in terms of you, you look at the retire people retiring. There was pretty much a focus on stability for a job, hanging around for a lot of years. Right. Um, what is there any research on millennials? How they see even if they're skilled how they see any kind of longevity in their work? Well, a third of them do, and a third of the parents get it. Mm-hmm. But two-thirds just don't see it as that important. Yeah. Education is just not that important to them. Wow. All right? And the, the job market has radically changed. So I'll give you an example. Right now, if you're an auto mechanic, uh, you need to read 100 lines of code in computers, Uh, and manuals uh, to repair a car. With the new electric vehicles coming out and that will be uh, become common, that number is going to go up to 300 million, all right, lines of code. Think about that for a minute. Now, the average auto technician that we have today, we have a chronic shortage of technicians in repair shops across the U.S., and that number is going to increase. One of the reasons for it is not enough young people are coming out of high school who have a good education. Number two, not enough people are going into training programs, whether at a community college or through a dealer program or through a union program or whatever. We just are falling further and further behind. So let's relate this to health care. Going into the health the COVID disaster, the plague we have now. We were short a million nurses. Short, one million nurses. Wow. We're short over that now. Why is that? Well, a lot of young people come out of high school and they say, okay, I, hey, look at these nurses. They're getting a $40,000 signing bonus now to commit wow. to two years to work in a hospital because of the shortage. I'm going to become a nurse. So they go to a community college or a four-year college, and they say, I want to sign up to become a nurse. And they sit down, and they say, well, did you take biology in high school? Well, no. Mm-hmm. Chemistry? No. Algebra? Oh, no. Trigonometry? Well, no. They test them. They're reading at a ninth-grade level of reading comprehension. Of the textbooks at 12th or 13th-grade level of reading comprehension. And they say, well, you have to go into remedial reading and math and then you're going to have to take chemistry, biology, uh, algebra, trig, in order to qualify to get into the nursing program. And they say, oh, no, 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 I want to be a nurse. I don't need all that crap. Mm-hmm. Wrong. Wrong. Well, what's happened here is that uh, the general education that's coming out of our schools, public and private, including parochial schools, not enough children are graduating with the level of fluency in reading and math and writing that is now required by the majority of jobs in the job market. We have to change that. We have to make education a higher priority in homes across America. Now, a third of parents and kids get it, and they do it. Mm-hmm. Two-thirds, the next third sort of get it, but they're still not at a high enough level of uh, reading and math and writing skills when they graduate. And the bottom third don't get it at all, it seems like. Well, let's do this. Let's take a little break, 
WNDC, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago, 312-255-8408. You can see us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. When we come back, Dr. Edward Gordon, um, I, that title, The Historic Labor Economist, you're a historian, but you're also, you take the history and look to the future. I uh, look to the past and to the future, Right, yes. and maybe when we come back, It'd be fascinating to hear where do we stand, you know, in the United States in terms of the global uh, picture. I think we can get people to understand that we have something available free right now on the Internet for them to look at. Let's do that. Let's take a little break. And And by the way, Edward, I like your tie. (laughs) It's blue and red, you'll notice. (laughs) And we'll be back in a few minutes. Uh, This is Catholic Chicago or Fashionista Father Greg. We'll be back. Thanks. Please stay tuned. Many people have reached out to Catholic Charities to ask what we are doing to help our Afghan brothers and sisters. They also ask how they can join us in our work. Current estimates suggest that 50,000 refugees are headed to our shores in the coming weeks. Based on a decade of experience in refugee resettlement, we predict that it will cost $50,000 to resettle a family of four for six months. This includes housing, food, clothing, and other urgent needs as they establish new lives in Chicago. As Jesus tells us, whatsoever you do for the least of my people, that you do unto me. Please assist us as we welcome the first 10 families. Visit catholiccharities.net to donate to our special refugee resettlement appeal or call 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Services help veterans find and maintain employment through job readiness training, resume writing assistance, mock interviews, and job placement counseling. We work with a wide array of employers and community partners to help veterans reach their career goals. We owe a debt of gratitude to all of our veterans for the sacrifices they made to serve our nation. It is our privilege now to assist them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Employment Program in Cook County, call 773-808-2954. In Lake County, call 847-782-4219. You can also learn more at catholiccharities.net. To all United States veterans, thank you for your service. Catholic education offers something other schools don't. When you walk through that door, you are amongst friends. I can confidently say that I look up to everybody at HT, staff, students. There's just something that you can admire in every person here. We treat everyone here with the same kind of respect that we would hope that exists in our families. Our curriculum is very rigorous, and we hope to match the academic rigor with our level of academic support. They help us prepare for college. They talk to us about our future and what we want to do. 
I think it instills a sense of community, which makes me more confident in my work. Through the teachers, through our counselors, through all of our administrators, we are educating not just the mind, but also the heart. I think that distinguishes us from other types of schools. Catholic high schools provide high-quality, faith-based education. The journey begins by taking your entrance exam. Register online at the Catholic high school you wish to attend. We're back, Catholic Chicago, WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. You can see us on YouTube.com slash Catholic Chicago. Dr. Edward Gordon is our guest, professor, scholar, researcher, historic labor economist, which moves us to the next question, Edward, which is in the world order as we're looking for, as we're looking at this labor crisis here in the U.S., where does that fit, where does that fit with the U.S. in the world order in terms of the future? Well, this is an international problem because the fourth industrial revolution is worldwide. I wrote a book a few years ago called Winning the Global Talent Showdown, and I analyzed the, this issue over 25 countries, mm. all right? Mm -hmm. Now, our latest research from Imperial, I'm president of Imperial Consulting in Chicago. This is a think tank and research entity, and we just published this, Job Shock, all right? Oh. Take a look at it, uh, and you see uh, our name is on it, Job Shock, and uh, you can see on the, the bottom here, I think, uh, my name and Elaine's name is on it. Uh, just go uh, to our website, Imperial, I-M-P-E-R-I-A-L, Corp, C-O-R-P, uh, dot com, uh, and you can access this free. And it will give you a good overview of what the issue is and what the solutions are. There are communities across the United States that are taking action now to rebuild the system. We're talking now about a systemic collapse of education to employment. How do we prepare the workforce? How do we prepare our children for today's jobs? How do we train and retrain our workers who are currently employed or those out of work for these jobs as well. So this is a worldwide crisis in the United States. We could have a shortage of 95 million jobs worldwide that will be vacant because we don't have the skilled workers in Germany, Japan, China, India. But but Edward, then speak to the impact of that. What does that What does that look like in the what future? That what does that like mean? Is yeah. we will have a huge underclass of techno peasants. We already have that. Look at in Chicago today. The outbreak of violence, carjacking. Too many young people in our city have such a poor education, mm. and so little support in their home, or 
the education that they received in school. They've dropped out or they graduated and they're reading at the eighth grade level. They try to apply for jobs. There are fewer and fewer low-skill jobs, and they don't pay that well, even with the $15 minimum wage prices due to inflation. For That's a whole other issue, but yeah. inflation is going up. They turn to the alternative for support, the gangs, the violence, the drugs, the guns. Now, there are many things driving this, not just education. But I can tell you right now that if someone doesn't have a job, a large part of their life is not defined. People need work right. to help give them a reason to exist and a reason in which to have a future, to have hope, to build something for themselves, to get married, have a family. This is a fundamental issue in our society, not just in Chicago, but across the world. Now, Edward, let me ask this, which I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying. When you look at the price of education today for a freshman at a university, University of Champaign, Michigan, University of Notre yeah. Dame, Wisconsin, Southern Cal, goes on and on, the cost is incredible. So I deal with so many young people who have come out of college with tremendous college debt. Now, the education is important, but how do you correlate this to the skyrocketing cost in education? When I was at high school, Notre Dame and Niles, class of 71, I think I was paying like $800 a year for an education for Catholic high school. It was about 1000 yeah. mm -hmm. And now you look at the high school tuition today in a Catholic school, twelve, thirteen, fourteen thousand dollars $14,000 for yeah. one year in high school and, in, and into a state college. So, I, I mean, I'm all for education a thousand percent, but how do you handle that issue with the rising cost of education? All right. We could have a, we could do a whole program about that topic, right. Greg. I want to emphasize to parents, what I'm saying is every child needs a post-secondary education component. What did I just say a few moments ago? Half of the jobs that we need to fill do not require a four-year college degree. They require a certificate, an apprenticeship mm -hmm. completed, a two-year degree. Why isn't that happening? Because too few children are coming out of high school, only a third, who are capable of successfully completing a one-year certificate going through apprenticeship or a two-year degree. About a year ago, only 23% of Chicago public high school graduates got a high enough score on the ACT test to, according to ACT, which is a college uh, testing program, that they would have the necessary reading, math, writing skills to successfully complete a post-secondary education program. Now, as we're, Edward, we're coming to the close of, of the program pretty soon, what are uh, maybe one or two messages to our listeners in terms of, as you're looking at this education issue, what can our listeners do? First of all, 
education must be a higher priority in the lives of families. It's not just a question of the quality of instruction and the teacher and what they're doing. That's important. Mm -hmm. But making sure that students read. If parents don't read in the home, the student won't read. If parents don't encourage the kid to apply themselves to do their homework and do it well every day, it won't be done. You're right. If the, the school does not have well-prepared teachers, the students will suffer. If the schools do not have good principals, the schools, the students will suffer. The question is, how important in the culture, the popular culture of America, is education in the lives of children and adolescents? Mm -hmm. And my answer to you is, for today's job market, most of the kids are woefully underprepared. And that's one reason why even the students graduating from high school, and some of them aren't well prepared, only a third of students who start college get a, a degree or certificate six years later. Wow. And they have big debt, but they don't have anything. Why is that? Because many of them are so badly prepared. Now, Catholic parochial schools, private schools do a better job, but only marginally. Only marginally. I want to emphasize this in the minds and hearts of everyone listening to this. Parents, grandparents, educators. We need to do a better job overall than we're doing now. Not we're right. doing we well to... with a third. We need to work with the other two-thirds and do more. Parents, teachers, systems. I need to bring, bring them to a close. We want to thank in a very special way Dr. Edward Gordon, historian, researcher. Your list goes on and on. Edward, this has been an incredibly great fast-moving hour. Yes. Thank you again to you and Elaine, to your whole family. Very blessed and happy Thanksgiving. You're very you much welcome. To and I hope for. next time I appear, uh, the technology will be working right. Oh, it, was, it worked <laughs> out very well today. Special thanks to our co-host, Mark Treacy. Great job of our producer Thank engineers. You. Pleasure. Bobby Garcia, Michael May. To our listeners, may God bless all of you. Blessings this week. Be careful. Stay healthy. God bless all of you. Yes, have a vaccinated Thanksgiving. Right. Thank you. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.